0: Oh, hey, it's Tuesday, which means it's time for another Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. Today, we are talking about super PACs and how you actually can no longer buy attention. You got to earn it. It's next on the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers
1: ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast.
0: What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. All right, it is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkran, the director of marketing at MLive. And today we're going to talk a little bit about super because that sounds really exciting in supermarket AE. So, along with me today is uh, Becca Duchesne. She is a part of our um, Data Ninja team. I don't know, there's a more official name, but we'll, we'll, oh. go, with, we'll go with Data Ninja. And I, I just wanted to talk because I've been tweeting since Thursday when the news broke. Obviously, there was a lot of denying since Thursday prior to Saturday, but the news broke on Thursday that, hey, look, uh, there are no checks written for Sunday in the Jeb Bush campaign. So we're fully anticipating him to, to walk away. Uh, all we're waiting is for the announcement, and we got it at about 5.30, I think, Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. that Jeb is done. And so what has fascinated me, and the reason I wanted to just kind of have a discussion with you, is this idea that here's the guy who was the front runner. He had the last name. Everybody else in his family got to be president, right? Like everybody else got to to hold the conch shell for a little bit. And I think by and large, the Republican Party, when they started this thing, thought, okay, it's going to be Ted Cruz and Jeb Bush. And we're going to figure out what this thing looks like because there's no way that Rubio, there's no way that Donald, right? Uh, So 125, 125 million dollars later, you have like a 6% share of voice. Yeah, it's,
1: it's. I think it's not only stunning them in this is the new view of politics, this is the new world for them. It's shaking everything that um, that party and probably every other political party knows about how you run a campaign and what can guarantee success. Because if the name can't do it and the money can't do it and having the party backing can't do it, what the hell is going to do it? From here on, out. oh, we have to get back to issues. <laughs>
0: you <have> to, it's <laughs> weird. You have to actually do something. And, and what is fascinating, and, and my uh, my mother called me last night, and she was talking about like what state we're gonna, what country I should say we're gonna move to when Donald Trump wins <laughs> this whole thing. Uh, and you know, I, I was, she was like, I just cannot believe that he's getting this traction. And I said, but what you're seeing here, and this is, there is no political lean to what I'm about to say. What you're seeing here is a brilliant marketer taking advantage of the system. For a long, long time, and you know this with your background in law and data and analytics and all the stuff, that for a long time, you would just get up, Becca, and you would say whatever you needed to say because you never actually had to do any of it. You just say whatever you needed to say, and then they would put you in office, and then you would have that shock moment where like, oh, this is the job, and I can't possibly get any of this <laughs> stuff done, and then you're here for eight years, right? And that's an oversimplification of what's happening. However, he is absolutely leveraging that by saying the insane stuff that he's saying, and he's the only one who seems to be able to... Um, present it in a way that fits with the zeitgeist of what's happening right now. Right right or wrong, like you you may have opinions on what that says about the country, and I would be welcome to hear that. But right or wrong, he seems to be able to hit that nerve and kind of capitalize on his marketing ability versus his ability to run a country.
1: Well, he is a brilliant marketer, and he realized that the thing that's happening right now, it's the pendulum swinging back. People seem to be getting really sick of having to be PC, not being able to say what they want to say. And, and it's nobody can go out into the street and still say what they want to say, but Donald Trump can go do it. and <laughs> he, he can shoot
0: a guy, right? Yeah, he can
1: stand <laughs> in the street and shoot a guy and then say whatever he wants. So, you know, I, and I'm sure the people who have felt that they've been pushed too far and forced into a certain kind of means way of acting – they're like, hey, this guy's great, and he speaks for me because he can say whatever the hell he wants, and that's amazing, and he's going to make it so that I can say whatever I want and do whatever I want.
0: And people are clearly gravitating towards that. And the other thing that I, I find fascinating about this stage, I should say, of the the campaign, because we don't know what's going to happen when somebody finally gets the nomination, and then it becomes, you know, now it's a head-to-head battle and what the, yeah. what the two parties are going to do to one another. But at this point... He is not only leveraging his ability to be a better marketer than the rest of them because they're too busy trying to play politics, which, as Jeb Bush is the example of, is no longer working. Marco Rubio, I think, is uh, 50 million into this campaign. I think Ted Cruz is 60, 62 million into this campaign towards the mm-hmm. end of January. I don't have February numbers yet. Jeb, 125. And in totality, it's $682 million. What Donald is doing with the $17.8 million of his own money, which you're going to explain has a new fascinating layer here in a second, is he's using the the new rules of marketing, right? It it was paid, earned, and owned. That's what you would learn when you go to marketing school in the 1980s. Paid, earned, and owned, right? What did you pay for? What did you earn? And what do you own of your own product? And then you get into the 90s, and we start talking about websites. Okay, I own the website. Then we get to social, and now now earned has a new... Leverage to it, and then a new tentacle, and that being shared. And so, what Donald is using is earned and shared in a way that the other guys are not. And this is even against, and we don't need to do this today, but we will. This is even up against a guy like Ted Cruz, who is using the Facebook algorithm and the data in Facebook to a level that is super impressive. Like, he, he's doing what Barack Obama was doing in 2008 if Barack Obama was taking HGH for his data, right? Like, that's what Ted Cruz is doing. And even that isn't competing with this. I I mean, I don't know enough about Donald Trump because I've never met the man to say transparent or not. But the pseudo transparency, this air Mm -hmm. of transparency that he will say whatever he wants to say, he's leveraging that in an earned and shared way that the other three are not.
1: Well, he he came into this campaign with 50 percent of that already earned. I mean, he's he's a reality celebrity. He's beyond being a reality celebrity. He's been a celebrity because he has power and money for and Antics forever. So he
0: <laughs> and antics, the currency of antics that you can apparently spend in a political <laughs> apparently campaign. Apparently, a great currency. Yes, it's a terrific currency that we should all be trading back and forth.
1: But he had a ton of that just coming in. So he was he was partially there with that part of it. And apparently, the the public is looking more for that and could care less about what's happening with the party. They want they want to seem like they're standing on their own, um, even if that means st- propping somebody else up.
0: What do you think, you know, when this is done, if he ends up winning, uh, not only the nomination, but he ends up winning the presidency, what do you think happens to media buys going forward? Because I'm really fascinated from right this very second, February 23rd, what's going to happen going forward. Cause we were talking before the podcast happened. There are guys from VC companies that were in this super pack with Jeb Bush that are like, "Uh, we're going to sit the rest of this out because we don't actually know what we're doing anymore because it used to be we would spend $125 million and we would get our guy in that seat and that's yeah. that's not it. So you know in your best guess and you know we haven't prepared any data for this but I just want your mind on this. What yeah. do you think that's going to do to the TV station that wants the $3500 buy for a 30 second commercial in Grand Rapids, Michigan and the radio station that wants $700 for a 60 second commercial when they normally get 60, you know.
1: Well, it's going to play into what is already happening. Podcast, streaming TV, people are taking control of what they want and and making their own decisions and putting their voting and their dollar in a sense behind these things that they get to choose as opposed to things being pushed at them they're they're deciding and pulling what they want in so i think trump is smart because he said hey you know what let's take what's naturally happening let's run with that i've got a great personality that the media wants to cover and let them do half my work for me. That, right. or more than half. Right. That makes him brilliant in that sense, uh, beyond the financial things that are happening. Yeah. So, um,
0: get into that after you're done with this oh, answer. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
1: And so, I think I think it's just going to keep going the the way it's already started. We've seen the tip of the iceberg as far as streaming and podcasts and you know serious radio that kind of thing. It's just going to keep going that way. But I think the traditional media. Are are just having the the blind the the shutters taken off their eyes. They're just realizing what's happening, and this is just happens to be a big wrecking ball to what they thought was there.
0: And what I what I found interesting is is I thought there would be more Jeb Bushes, honestly, going into this because I thought that when I started to see the data showing that he was legitly going to run the table on a lot of these guys, I thought for sure he was going to. a very competitive thing for a business person to do is get your your opponent to outspend well beyond their means to have yeah. to quit, right? Which is what happened with Jeb. Spend well beyond his means. I mean, Ted Cruz has been a solid second for a while now, spending only $60,000. Jeb has doubled that and couldn't break double digits. Hillary is at really close. She's at $116 million. And so when we get to, if he gets the nomination and she gets the nomination, this becomes a really fascinating marketing study of does he just atrophy her out, right? Does he make yeah. her spend a billion dollars when he's spending a one-hundredth of that? Because he's just going to, like, to your point, he's just going <laughs> to drive around and call NPR and do a podcast. He'll call The Daily yeah. Show and go on for six minutes. Right? Like, people will put him on forever, forever. Yeah. Like, everyone will take him.
1: And like he said to, what was it, Fox, when he was uh, booted off the,
0: the debate, last debate? Yeah.
1: It's like, your ratings are going to tank. He knows. And they did. And and maybe it's pride cometh before the fall. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But he has yet to fall without bouncing in his entire life. I mean... The man bounces. It's, it's scary.
0: Yes. He's, he's <laughs> like the Bumble from the crazy Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger claymation thing. So and, talk, yeah. you know, there's, uh, for those of you, if you're a boxing fan, and I know you know that I do an MMA show and talk a little bit about boxing, Floyd Mayweather has this fascinating model, which is what made him the most highest paid athlete in that sport, which Donald Trump, I didn't know until you walked in here this (laughs) afternoon, is actually modeling.
1: Yeah. um, A large chunk of the money that uh, Donald Trump's campaign spends goes right back into Trump Industries. So um, they are renting the jet that Trump owns to fly him around to places for, you know, somewhere upwards of a million dollars. They rent space in Trump towers there. They, um, he has made all the merchandise, the make America great again, all the hats and he t-shirts $4 and whatever. Million
0: million on those hats.
1: Yeah. And then he, people buy them yep. for more. I mean, there's right. a margin somewhere in there. So he's making money on his campaign. He's probably the first politician ever in the history of politics, you make money on a campaign; it's insane. He's got a small loan, which I'm sure he can easily pay back. Yeah, I
0: think it's I, I think it's only like five million dollars because the rest of it is just his money. So
1: yeah, it, it, so it's his money going back into his his industries, going back to him eventually. I mean, he's paying staffers on obviously on his own um, dollar. He's using his own resources and he's paying himself to run. For,
0: of course he is. So do you? Do brilliant. you? You know? Do you think again? You, you've got a background in politics. You've got a background in law. You've got a background in data. Do you think when we get to? Because now I'm already. This is my personality. I'm already like on to the next thing. Like what is? <laughs> what is 2020 going to look like? You know, when you've got a guy oh, like man. Bernie Sanders who's essentially he's at parity with Hillary Clinton essentially collecting $200 from every human being on Earth. And that's how he did his... You know, he's got yeah. some of his own money in it, but it, it's been this very grassroots, very guerrilla marketing thing, 200 bucks at a time. We're just going gonna to win it with hand-to-hand combat, right? And on the other side, you've got Donald Trump, who's paying himself to run, using a small loan plus his own money plus his own resources to keep it under $30 million, which... I, We'll look at the data and I'll give that's you an update. Amazing. But like, I don't think that that's been done probably since the '60s, if I had to guess. Um, do you think these two guys are going to carve out the model of what's going to happen in 2020, or will this bounce back to the 200 million dollar or 500 million dollar campaigns to buy the office, so to speak?
1: You know, I, I don't. I don't have a, a guess on that. I hope that's what happens from now on because I think the, the Bernie Sanders part of this model shows that is where the loyalty is going to be. I mean, it's not his own money, but it's people really being loyal, and and that could literally equate into votes. Whereas Trump, it's great he's funding his own money so he can say, hey, I'm independent of this political process that everybody is sick of, but that doesn't necessarily equal a vote. I mean, he likes himself, and I'm sure his family likes himself, but, you know, that doesn't – nobody – not as many people have donated But say
0: for Iowa, there's no data to say that he's wrong at this point, right? Like the only thing he's lost is Iowa. And then from then on, he figured out whatever he adjusted, he's adjusted. And wouldn't it be interesting if at the end of all of this, because for the past, it's got to be 12 years, you've heard all this talk about campaign spending reform and how are we going to you know, turn the spigot off and you've got, uh, you know, all of these candidates who are like, I'm going to be the... Once yeah. I'm done spending $300 million, then I'm going to be the one to turn it off. Wouldn't <laughs> it be interesting if it ends up being either Bernie or Donald who are the ones that are just make the change themselves? It would
1: be amazing. And, you know, it would... I think it would renew people's faith in the political process. If either of them won. Scary as it may be. Well, yeah, and, and like,
0: <laughs> you know, whatever your your thoughts on these candidates, that's not what we're talking about here. What mm. we're talking about here is that... It's this interesting leveraging of new models to get into this conversation, which right. for me um, gets you closer to the idea that a third party might be viable at some point. Because if you yeah. could, for $28 million, be a candidate who, you know, maybe you don't have to be the brash WWE wrestler type candidate. Maybe there's another way to do that. But if yeah. you could start a case study where for $30 million you're doing your thing or whatever Bernie has collected, you're doing your thing with a grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing, okay, maybe there is space in this political ecosystem that was clearly marketing of you often hear two heads of the same coin, right? It's just, they're all doing the same thing. This could open the door for a third party candidate to come in and do something different.
1: Well, and like you brought up social media, there's You don't have to spend a lot there in order, and Mm-mm. it's the new media. It's the new marketing landscape. And, and people, only going to
0: get better, right? Yeah,
1: it's only going to get better as people figure it out. And, and this is the best political stage to watch this happen, how this works in the social world. I, we haven't seen anything major like this play out. I mean, Obama was a little bit before uh, social really took off in the way it has. Mm-hmm. And Bernie Sanders has made an amazing... Um, Show in social media just with that grassroots thing and people having a great platform in order to really shout that out it's incredible to watch what a quote unquote small amount of money Mm -hmm. like 28 million can do right
0: Well, and you know, and like I was saying earlier, I can share this bit because I know this part, but then we 'll get into the nuts and bolts of what Ted is doing here you know in a, a couple of podcasts from now. I know that his team, when they go door to door, they are using your facebook oh, yeah. data. I told you this they 're using their Facebook data, your Facebook data to have different scripts ready for whomever answers the door. And, you know, I was using this example, like if you were into gun control and your husband was into wage equality, they would have two different scripts depending on who comes to the door based on what you have self-identified in a social space. And when you're talking about that sort of an age where we're talking about the FBI and Apple right over on this port, there's this data still out there that people are using to formulate campaigns and talk to you in a way that connects because they know that, If you can connect with that person or that subject matter, that you're more likely to at least share it, if not actually get to the polls. Because that's going to be the really fascinating part, as this is the first campaign ever where millennials, that age group, is going to outnumber everybody else. They will be the largest voting contingent if they go. And that'll be be the big X factor, right? Because if they don't go... And this is not a political podcast; it's a marketing podcast. But from a sheer data and number standpoint, if they don't go, you're likely to get the same old, same old. It's going to be one of the you know, it's going to be likely Donald Trump, depending on what happens, or yeah. Hillary. But if they go, you might see a guy like Bernie Sanders get into the race and be able to go mano a mano with uh, well, that's Donald Trump. The
1: other brilliant part of, of how social.
0: Or even Marco Rubio. I guess he would he skew pretty <laughs> young. He
1: counts still. No, but I mean, he skews young enough
0: that if they came yeah. out, he could be, you know, in some of these cities, like if in Michigan, I know he's in Michigan today. If they, yeah. if they come out, Marco could be a guy that goes from third to second, from second to first, depending on what happens.
1: Yeah, depending on. Uh, that's what's, one of the aspects that's really fascinating for me with this social thing is, is the FOMO aspect. I mean, right. how much are people going to be like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so posted, you know, their little sticker of I voted or, you know, they've been really into this. So I, I've got to meet that challenge. It's like the the voting challenge.
0: Well, and you saw it. You're seeing it today on, on – well, I saw it yesterday and a little bit today for this Marco Rubio event. They're doing it on Eventbrite, and they have it paired with Facebook. So it's now telling really? me which one of my friends are going, and, that, and then it knows that I'm not. Going, That's so it's going. Brilliant. Hey, you know, Becca and Steve are going to this Marco Rubio thing. I, I noticed you didn't click the event, right? That you should probably click the event because your yeah. buddies are going. You like your buddies, right? Which is really a fascinating way to just create FOMO, knowing your you, audience. Because yeah. even if you're not, you weren't thinking about Marco Rubio, but your best friend is attached on Facebook. You're like, well, Sally's going. I should totally <laughs> check this out. What's this all about, Sally? Why didn't you tell me about this Marco Rubio guy?
1: Yeah, it, I. I Cannot wait to see what this does to it, what the social does. Beyond the the metrics and how it's going to screw up polling, I mean, it already has.
0: Oh, yeah, the polling. The so polling you might as well ridiculous. just give up.
1: But it is the best I and most accurate I feel bad for Nate Silver at this, at
0: this point. Because they're trying to figure this out.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's just let's just throw dart at numbers and let's see what happens. But it's the best and most accurate self-survey because nobody is forced into it, nobody's overthinking any of the information they give. So you talk about them going door to door with the different profiles. It's gonna be more accurate than any survey I ever answer ever because I just posted this naturally. It's so organic. So you're gonna you're really seeing behaviors and data that match up to actual actions that could happen. So It'll be interesting to see if Facebook or any of the other ones take advantage of that for political party or processes going forward.
0: All right, and we will, uh, we'll leave it there. Like I said, we'll get into more of this because I really do want to um, tackle the Ted Cruz thing because I think you're really <laughs> going to be interested in how they're using what you're already putting in to create profiles of you and then go after you in order to get you to be on their side. Uh, Super Tuesday is right around the corner, and we'll, we'll see how this thing all fleshes out. But once we get to, to me, once we get down to just the two parties, that's where this is going to get really interesting because you're going to get to see which one of these... And I would venture to guess if it ends up being Hillary versus Donald, I I feel that as we've just been talking for 20 minutes, Donald probably has a better understanding of how to do the earned and shared than Mm -hmm. she does, even though she was one of, Hillary Clinton was one of the first, in fact, the first client on Snapchat doing sponsored Snapchat stories for this political campaign because she knows that the Democratic audience leans younger and you can find them on Snapchat. But again, as we were talking about with Jeb Bush, it doesn't matter if, the message doesn't connect. So Becca, thank you for your time. Thank you. As always, you can get all the podcasts on the MLive Media Group, or you can follow along at MLive Media Group. I'm Eric and the Director of Marketing. This is the Everything is Marketing podcast.